you've got to have a very clear raison d'etre and a very clear mission statement, very clear singularity of purpose about what you do and why, and then ideally be unique in that space. Welcome to the Viscosity Podcast, brought to you by VLM Training and Coaching Specialists across the UK and Australia, hosted by founder Vicky Main. Are you a business owner, leader or executive? Have you ever felt stuck or disappointed about where your life or business is heading? Do you ever feel overwhelmed, compare yourself to others or feel like you're swimming in treacle at times? This podcast is here to help you become unstuck from viscosity to achieving escape velocity and expanding your knowledge. Our guests on the show will share practical tips and real-life experience about how they got out of negative situations or circumstances to live their best life on their terms. We'll be sharing real-life stories from real people doing incredible things. Stay tuned for our next guest. Welcome to episode one of the Viscosity podcast. I'm your host, Vicky Main, and today we have Will King, founder of King of Shaves, in the podcast studio. Hi, Vicky. Really nice to see you. Thank you, Will. It's great for you to be here. And just wanted to go straight into it. You're a very inspiring man and you've had a huge success in your business with King of Shaves from 1993, I believe, when you started it. What inspired you to set up this business in the first place? Okay, so going back nearly 30 years now, Vicky, I worked and was very happy working in conference and event production. My, my first job was selling advertising space for marketing magazine in the UK. But in the early 90s, we had a big recession and a lot of companies stopped spending money and I was made redundant. And it wasn't because I wasn't great at my job, because I was very good at it. But more that companies stopped spending money on product launches and conferences, but they still made products. So, for example, we'd done the Duracell launch just prior to me being let go. So I found myself out of a job. I had a really cool job, a 40 grand salary, company BMW, company card, lived in central London, and then I had no salary and no car and a bike and basically couldn't even afford to live in the flats that I bought in Streatham in, in London. So, look... I had to do two things, either go back into the world that I, I knew, but clearly there wasn't great work there because I've just evidently been made redundant. So I decided to do two things. First of all, make a product, and then secondly, be my own boss. And it was very simple rationale. People buy products. If they're great products, they'll buy them and hopefully keep buying them. And then being my own boss, well, you're responsible for your success and there's nobody above you. And... Fortunately, King of Shaves got traction in the early 90s and we set out to grow the business from a, simple, a single shaving oil that I invented in the early 90s. And I guess the rest is history and I'm here talking to you with our 30-year anniversary coming down the track in 2023. So it's been a fantastic journey and, and obviously I've not had a boss in all of that time. So very liberating and incredible. That's fantastic, Will. And it must have taken great courage for you to back yourself and launch the business. And you've had incredible success along the way. And I guess looking back now, you know, in terms of how you felt about the redundancy, did you have you got some advice that you could give others who are potentially going through this right now at this moment? Yeah, look, for sure. And clearly redundancy was the best thing that could happen to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Now, it's not something any of us ever want to be told that your job, you're no longer wanted for the job or the job's no longer there. But life's a series of sliding door moments, Vic. And what 
it meant for me was that I had to make a decision either to try and get a new job or to be my own boss and do something. And I think what's important when, you know, negative comes at you and perhaps like your podcast series is called Viscosity. So presumably people are sticking themselves out from where they are and achieving velocity to get themselves somewhere is you've got to decide what you want to do in your life and you want to be, you know, enjoy it. And when you create, for example, a product-based business, as I did, the product has got to be needed or wanted by people, yeah? Um, now, I had a big problem shaving. I had very sort of sensitive skin. When I started working in the 90s, everybody wore a suit, everybody wore a shirt, everybody wore a tie, everybody was clean-shaven. Only geography teachers and, you know, terrorists, let's say, had beards at that time. And I hated shaving, so I thought... I, that's a problem I could solve. I used Gillette foams and they weren't great. Long story short, I'd studied mechanical engineering at Portsmouth Polytechnic and the University of Portsmouth. I knew oil lubricated, but clearly you're not going to put engine oil on your face to shave it. That would not be good for your um, skin. At the time, Body Shop was huge, Anita Roddick's, you know, amazing business. And essential oils were becoming a thing. And I basically went out and bought a book on how to blend exotic and essential oils that were good for your skin and on the basis that oil lubricated the razor blades and hand-filled and had a few trials. They were quite gloopy and sticky at the start, but over a period of weeks got to a formulation, a carrier oil with essential oils in it, that, that cured my razor blade. It cured it. It didn't just reduce it, it was not there. And I guess the rest is history. It worked for me. The business strategy was if it worked for me, it would work for others, people with sensitive skin. And today we shave 17 billion lives. So clearly there was something in the performance of the product. And then I guess we'll come on to talk about King of Shaves, the brand name and other things that are important yeah. for your audience listening in as they, you know, look to go from where they possibly are to where they want to be. Yeah. I mean, wow, what an incredible story. And the fact that you've shaved 7 billion li 17 billion lives is incredible. I'm, I'm curious, at the beginning, so you were looking to solve a problem with your shaving brush and burn. Did you ever think King of Shaves would be as successful as it became? Look, the real answer here is no. I mean, of course, you could have no sort of, you know, imagination in my wildest dreams that I would launch a single shaving oil hand fill the first 10,000 bowls, convince Mohammed Al-Fayed, the then owner of Harrods, to personally list it. First year sales were only 300 pounds, Vicky, like 300 quid, yeah? So I'd raised 15,000 pounds from a couple of people that backed me, one of them being my best friend from Polly, Pat, and mum and dad chipped in two and a half grand. So I had seed capital of a tiny amount. But it worked. And what happened was after Harrods, I was absolutely relentless on getting Boots, the chemist, to list it. A lady called Fiona Kemp listed Boots and down the track later, Ted Baker, the fragrance license that we'd signed in 97. And when we're in Boots, it, sales were hit £57,000 in the second year. And suddenly you start thinking, well, that's quite a few thousand people buying it. And then they doubled and then they doubled again. And then it got into Tesco. Then the internet came along and then I bought shave.com for 18 pounds. Then men's magazines came along and then 
it went off like a rocket ship. And our only competitor was Gillette. Mm. It was just big Gillette. I'm not then hadn't then been bought by Procter and Gamble. It was bought by PNG in 2005 for $57 billion. So it was lack of awareness. And I went out there and knew the product worked. And it was all about now getting the brand name out there. So people had a choice. It was available to be bought on the bottom shelf at Boots for £2.99. Yeah. And incredible. I mean, wow, I'm blown away by that. And I know certainly I've read your book and when halfway through, when you talk about how you got into Harrods, it's actually a real, a real story about, you know, almost like the underdog being able to go out there and make a difference and grow and scale. But I'm curious in the early days, you mentioned that you got startup funding, seed funding. How did you overcome loneliness during that time regarding being in that space? And you must have, you worked from home quite a lot as well, didn't you? How, how did you overcome loneliness? And we're going to come to mindset more so in a moment, but can you give some tips to some people who are just starting out and they've, they've potentially got a solution to a problem and how can they, I guess, get that support as well? and overcome loneliness. Yeah, look, um, listeners, so 30 years ago, you didn't really have the, let's say, the level of, of help and infrastructure that you have now in, when you're in startup land or you're scaling your business. I just got on with it, Vic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can sit there in your bedroom as I was working from and sit there thinking, I am lonely and this is not so good and help me. Or you fill your day up with doing stuff so it really races by. But you make it a, a valid and genuine point. It is lonely, okay? And there isn't anybody out there to help you. And actually, a lot of people, you know, aren't that supportive, especially if you're starting off on a new career track and it's very different to what you did before. So I always loved dogs. I'd had a, a dog when I was in my teens and I decided to buy a Fox Terrier, which ended up being two Fox Terriers. People do not buy two dogs, <laughs> just stick with the one. Moke and Dudley as puppies in 1993, early 93, and they were with me all the way through to 2005 as my companions. So they got me out of bed in the morning to go and do their stuff. I took them out for an hour walk every um, lunchtime, and obviously we'd meet people there, and then they sat under my desk on the hot computer cables and tried to fight with each other when I was on the phone to Mr. Al-Fayed. So, um, you know, the loneliness thing, of course, but not everybody's suited to be a startup entrepreneur. Not everybody can, you know, achieve, go from viscosity to escape velocity. It's not the career choice for everyone. It's really king hard work. Yeah. And you've got to have, and I think you're going to come to this, the approach, the attitude, the mindset where you start, Really, you're running a marathon, but at the start, you're running at a sprinter's speed because you've got to get momentum and you've just got to get on with it. So there's, you know, the loneliness of a long distance runner. And if you're feeling, you know, I need a bit of conversation around a water cooler or I need to see my mates or I don't want to go out to whatever, maybe, you know, not everybody is designed to be you know, an entrepreneur or a startup business person. Okay, so mm. be very clear about that. Um, but yeah. There are always roles for people with people like me where I need amazing people that I can delegate to. We'll touch on that later as well. Fantastic. And let's talk about mindset. So how important do you think it is for a growth mindset in terms of being a business owner? Okay, so the mindset business. I am a guy whose pint of Guinness, or half pint of Guinness, I should say, 
is is half full. And even if it's two-thirds drunk, it's still half full. And even if it's got a drop of the black stuff at the bottom, it's still half full. Because if you let it's not going to work creep in, or here's a no, here's another no, here's another, another no. A no for me is just a not now, not yet. But it's not a never. It's not now or never. It's just a temporary holding pattern. And the you know belief that you have to have in yourself. Look, people, you've got to have in the world we live in now, whether it's a service business you're in or a product business you're in, you've got to have a great product or a great service. You just can't launch another brand of coffee or another range of sandwiches or another mobile phone unless you're going to beat out iPhone. It will go nowhere. You will never scale. You'll be mm. what's called a busy fool. Yeah. So you have to have then what I term the attitude of action, which is walk the king talk, walk the talk. Don't just talk about it, do it. Because every journey starts off with one step and then one step becomes 10,000. I've probably done 10 million yeah. steps in my 30-year journey. And it, you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in what you're doing and offering to people, especially if you're expecting them to pay money for it. And you've got to love it. You know, yeah. I didn't expect to be taking on Gillette in the early 90s and be like the poster boy, OG challenger brand, which we were. You know, it's been incredible. But I've always had a good belief in myself. And I've had my parents who thankfully are still with us and other people who've supported me. So it's not a singularity, but you do. it is about you and nobody else is going to do it for you. And if you don't do it, well, kind of game over. Yeah, I'm curious about, and thanks for sharing that, and we'll come on to your competitors in a moment, but in terms of your biggest fears when you were, well, setting with the business, are, are you actually, you, you strike me as someone who's incredibly fearless, and are you actually afraid of anything, Will? I think everybody's afraid of, of things, Vic. I think it depends where your fear is coming from. So I'm a big sailing guy. So I've sailed across the Atlantic and I've done a lot of yacht racing and I'm off to sail in Cannes Classics in a, um, this weekend. And these are powerful boats, yeah? So when you're moving around a boat, it's the rule of one hand for you and one hand for the boat. You don't just walk around it because on Classics yachts, which are old yachts, there aren't any guardrails to stop you falling over. So the fear you have, it, I think it depends on how well you know your subject. What's your knowledge? I have a trait curiosity. I find things out. If I don't know the answers to them, I will investigate what the answer is. And the fear often comes of the unknown. So I try to know a lot about what I'm getting into. So, for example, with King of Shaves, I had no idea how big Gillette were. However, I soon saw how big they were. And then I found out a lot about Gillette. And what listeners might not realize is Mr. Gillette's first name was King Gillette. And I thought, oh, my days, of course Gillette would have trademarked King of Shaves, like Budweiser, trademarked <laughs> King of Beers, the world's biggest brewery, but they hadn't. So I was able to trademark it, and then it was pushed back um, by the patent attorney saying, it's inferring that you're the best. And I said, well, I'm not saying I'm the best, it's just my name. So we had, then had to argue at a European trademark level that, had my name been, let's say, your surname being Maine, Maine of Shades, there would have been no issue. But mine was King of Shades, not my fault. Parents, fortunately, had that surname. So they said, well, you're going against his human rights here, so of course you can call it King of Shades. And that's how we got that trademark. But my worry was Gillette 
would have had it. And I think, people, if you're listening and you're fearful of, of change or you're fearful of your competitors or you're fearful of what people are going to say, just go out and, and investigate what you're fearful of and arm yourself with knowledge so you're not fearful of it. Yeah, and it's I, a knowledge thing, Vicky. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I know when I've spoken to entrepreneurs and people who are thinking about going into business and even students and people who I've worked with across my career, some people are actually afraid of massive success because perhaps they don't believe that they can reach that level of attainment. And I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, again, I, I think you're talking about imposter syndrome. So back in the day, of course, 30 years ago, nobody knew what those two words meant. You just started a business. You could be a plumber. You could be an electrician. I'm sure plumbers and electricians aren't worried about how successful their business is going to be. They just want to fix plumbing and electrics. Now, nowadays, let's just say you start to be successful. Then you maybe start questioning yourself. You say, well, I'm not really worthy. I don't really know. Why am I so successful? I, I shouldn't be. It comes back to the knowledge people. Go out and find out about the subject. Become the world expert on the subject. Ask me anything, do an AMA with me on shaving, whether it's razors and blades, whether it's patents, whether it's intellectual property, whether it's trademarks, whether it's competitors. What direct-to-consumer did in between 2010 and 20, who sells the most, what the market shares are. I know this stuff because I make it my business to know it. And when you know stuff, you're not, you become like, I think you were a lecturer earlier in your career. When you have knowledge, you're not, in, in, you know, you're not blagging it. You're not imposting. You're, you're genuinely armed with knowledge that helps people. And then perhaps fear of the imposter syndrome, it just goes away because you're not an imposter. You are an expert. So I'd, you know, suggest to, to people listening to this Viscosity podcast, become an expert in what you're doing. And then there is no imposting. That's brilliant. Thank you, Will. And so what's next for King of Shaves and for your future? What, tell us what's, what's next. What's good, coming down good, the track? Goodness me, Vicky. <laughs> um, so, so look, winding back 30 years, I, I founded the business because I've been made redundant from my, my, my work that I really enjoyed. So I became my own boss and did a product and then it kind of took off. And it, we've, you know, people... Google Wilking Shaves, or there's a book I did in 2009, and the razors we launched against Gillette, and how we were viewed and what we did. We, we, we do, we've done amazing things, my team and I, there. We're 30 years old next year in 2023, and when I founded King of Shaves, I was 26, and I knew nothing about the world of shaving. In 2014, uh, I stepped down as CEO, because we'd gone through a big sale process, that hadn't quite happened, and I was really tired. And um, when you get into selling your business, say to a PLC or to uh, private equity, there's a huge amount of stuff that takes you away from what you love doing in your business, which for me is inventing products and coming up with clever ways to market them. And I took a step back. So I'm founder, I'm director, largest shareholder. And of course, I shaped the narrative of King of Shaves as Wu King, King of Shaves. But I wasn't executive in running it. So my management team, um, Andy Hill, you know, joined me in 1995. You know, it, it, you know, he and the team, team run it. Next year, however, it's an exciting year. It's our 30-year anniversary. There's always things going around in my mind as to what I'm going to do and why. Watch this space, I would say to listeners. 
Fantastic. Well, we look forward to seeing what comes down the track next. Final comments in terms of, can you share some top tips for people who are feeling stuck right now in whatever that might be? And, you know, to get out of negative situations, to live the life on their terms, what would you say that your top tips would be for the listeners? Yeah. So, so again, let's just assume listeners, you're a bit stuck in a rut of what you're doing and you're not that happy and you want to get to a better place, whether it's financially or for just general life happiness. The first thing to do is think about what you're going to do. Think about it. If you're going to go into a new product or compete against existing products or launch a a service, let's just say it's a new marketing agency, say, you've got to be very clear what differentiates you from the people out there who would have been spending months and years thinking the same thing as you. So do not just think, I can do it, start doing it. You've got to have a very clear raison d'etre and a very clear mission statement, you know, a very clear singularity of purpose about what you do and why. And then ideally be unique in that space and differentiate yourself. And I know with your Escape Velocity program, that's what you are doing in a world of coaching and training specialists. There are hundreds of thousands of training and coaching specialists out there. But if you want to be differentiated and strong and they want to work with you, don't need to, but want to, you've got to differentiate yourself. Second thing is just listen to these three words from slogans from famous sporting brands. Impossible is nothing. Just do it. And I think above all, get get excited about what you're going to do. You know, shaving, people might think, well, that's really quite boring and it's a shaving gel or a kind of shaving foam or a razor. It's incredibly exciting because when men shave in the morning, if they do shave, because we have many beards out there now and some of them, <laughs> the youth of today, kind of not so um, big on it, but you go into the bathroom, you close the door, you fill, fill your sink up and, or you get in a shower and you've got two or three minutes of like solitude. And I know, for example, the chief head designer of Brompton Bikes, he has a lot of great ideas when he's shaving because it's quiet. And I think when you start looking at designing a, a brand or a product or service about how it can really improve people's lives, not just in the mechanical use of it, like removing hair, but... It's a time to think. It's a time to reflect. It's quiet. And we don't live in a world that's quiet. Yeah, it's always on and it's full on. So I think, you know, above all, just be very clear about what you're going to do, why you're doing it, and, wh- and why it's going to be better than anything else out there. Low-hanging fruit, your friends and family, they might buy into you, fine, because they say, well, I'll support him or her. But you get into the hard-charging world of commerce, yeah, not like that. And you can't just use your, oh, it'll be really good. I say, why? <laughs> be very clear what your why is. And obviously ours is king of shaves, what trumps the king. 
Yeah. So where can our Aussie listeners buy your products and UK listeners, if you haven't heard, I'm sure you all have of King of Shaves, but where can they buy your products? So in Australia, go to shaves.com.au, but we're in the supermarkets and the equivalent of boots and... Um, so Coles and Woolies? Coles yeah. and Woolies, yeah. exactly. And we've been there since I think 2000, goodness me, 2002 or three, maybe 20 years. And Developed a very successful business there, and it's actually run by a guy called Paul Irwin on Bondi Beach. And he literally got in touch in 1997, I think. He said, I love your shaving oil, and we'd love to sell it in Aussie. And I said, Okay. And he's still our distributor 20 years later. Amazing guy, really nice guy, Paul Irwin. In the UK, we're in all the major retailers, your, your Sainsbury's, your Waitrose Boots, etc. Shave.com or kingofshaves.com. And you can get great discounts there. And of course, Amazon, where we're one of the top selling shaving brands there. So, you know, back the King of Shaves, back an independent, back a challenger brand. King is dead. Long live the King. Go out there and, you know, just be amazing. Thank you, Will. And thank you for all of your ideas and inspirations and tips for everybody. I'd highly recommend jumping on Amazon and having a look and buying your book, How to Build a Great Business in Tough Times. I think it's still relevant now um, from when you from when you wrote it. And um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I couldn't think of a better guest for my very first podcast, Viscosity Podcast. And we met 12 years ago when I was working teaching and you inspired me to create various businesses over the years so thank you so much for for that and i wish you all the best and uh, yeah looking forward to what the king of shaves does next you know absolutely and i know so people you can also find me on the social twitter i am william king and instagram on the king of shades i don't ask i also do sunglasses and i know you know we talked earlier about the entrepreneurial mindset and and you know having that mindset i know you have an emp program i know that's you know very well educationally backed that you've helped thousands of business owners really see what their strengths are there and with your escape velocity program that i know you're designing and i know you're working on these are two you know essential bits of knowledge and use for people listening so do look into emp mindset do you know check out what vicky is up to but above all just get armed with the knowledge people do not go out there knowing nothing you will not last long. Yeah. Well, thank you, Will. Thanks again. And yeah, look out for episode two of the Viscosity podcast coming very soon. And check out our website, govlm.com.au or govlm.com if you're in the UK as well. And yeah, if any questions or you want to reach out to Will, drop drop him a line or pop into his socials. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you and see you again next time. That's great, Vicky. Thank you.